Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I am here with Adam Tutunji, podcaster, founder, entrepreneur. Adam is the host of the Mogul Insider Podcast. Adam is a specialist in branding, influencer marketing, content creation, digital content strategy, and paid media. This is going to be an interesting chat, podcaster to podcaster. Adam, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show, bro. No worries, man. I'm super excited to have you here. But listen, before we get into the questions, I always ask my, um, my guests to give us a bit of a background for our listeners. So where were you before you started podcasting? What were you doing? Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess long story short, I was homeschooled from third grade all the way till college. And that was a very intriguing time in my life. I never really saw school as a like a mandatory thing it was always like yo you're homeschooled wake up do your work as long as your homework and everything's done go live your life that was life for me right that's it Mm -hmm. so i didn't i was never i never went to middle school i never went to high school i never had a high school prom i never had a uh, high school uh, lover i never had any of the stuff that people i guess tend to look forward to and that might sound depressing to some listeners but to me it's seemed normal because you don't know what you don't know, you know, you don't mm-hmm. know what you're missing out when you don't know it. And so I got into college really early at 15 and a half. That was a really uh, interesting experience because I go from basically just being home all day to now like, Oh, I have to show up to class. I have to like go talk to people. I have to, by the way, I was a very social person growing up. Never had mm-hmm. an issue with friends. A lot of people assume homeschooling makes you uh, anti-social. Dude, look at me now. I'm a podcaster. I'm the most, you have to be super social to do this. So um, I, I got into college, uh, became my student body president over at my college, uh, managed about a couple hundred students and had a really amazing blast. Just dude, that was probably that year was definitely a highlight year. It was the coolest year of my life. Um, and I, and I started to realize that, wait, holy crap, like I'm enjoying this stuff more than I'm enjoying going to class. You know, like I don't, I don't really like school. So, um, you know, decided to drop out and pursue my, I guess, entrepreneurial quote unquote career back then. Like when I said back then, like five, six years ago, there was no, uh, what, what should we call it? There was no like entrepreneurship was not a cool thing. It was just like you own yeah. your business and that's it, you know? Um, so I, I, I pursued that and for like 12 months started studying, trying to figure out where to go, where to start. At that time, my dad was a, uh, IT contractor, not necessarily a businessman. He was just a contractor, right? 
Mm-hmm. He was making a ton of money off of one project, and I was thinking to myself, hold up, hold up. Imagine we got like 100 of these or like 10 of these or 15 of these. This is pretty cool. So I saw an opportunity to scale, and I saw an opportunity where like I didn't have a skill set, or at least I didn't think I did at that time, right? And so I was like, how can I utilize someone else's skill set to be able to build around it? Um, so I partnered up with my, <laughs> with my dad to kind of kind of convince him to start a business at a time where he's never run one. He was like, he was mm-hmm. like 50, 50 years old at that time. And that was fun. We grew it. It was pretty successful. However, a lot of challenges came um, because of the fact that it was a father-son relationship. And I'm very ambitious and he's more so kicked back. I mean, understandably, he has kids. He's 50 years old at that time. You know, he's doing well for himself, maybe not in the millions, but he's doing enough to like live, you know, he doesn't want to risk it. So um, I decided to, at that time, start a podcast. And I started a podcast because a friend of mine started a podcast and he was really successful with it. And I found it really cool. I like the idea of being able to sit with all these like mega successful individuals and kind of pick their brains. I've always been intrigued by people ever since I was a kid. So I mean, fast forward from that podcasting then turned into, you know, getting gigs left and right. I mean, you know how it goes once you start building a network, things start to pop up. And uh, now it, I've built kind of like a agency around this whole podcasting world. So basically what I do is like, I help entrepreneurs and companies build brands uh, through uh, podcasting. So anything related from digital media to getting booked on shows to, uh, so it's, it's kind of like your modern uh, media marketing PR firm type of deal. For sure, man. That's super cool. There's a lot of like follow-up questions that I wanted to ask you about the homeschooling as well, actually, if you don't mind, two seconds. Like, yeah, yeah, go for I it. was just wondering because to be honest, I don't have kids now, but I always thought, hey, like we travel with my wife a lot. And I was thinking, you know, like maybe we'll have to homeschool our kids. How does your social life come to be when you are, you know, like at home? Do you have extracurricular activities that you do after you're done homework? You go to places. How does that work? Well, that's up to the parent, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I, um, for example, I 100% I'm going to homeschool my kids. Uh, you know, and it's, it's because I did it and I, and, and maybe when I was a kid, I didn't notice how good it was for me. And I tell you good because my parents were able to do what they thought was right for their kids and not allow the world to tell them otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like, if you tell your kid, you know, in the future, Hey, don't do this. But then he goes to school and his friends like, yo, let's go do it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it starts to cause a lot of trouble and, 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 and problems. And so you know, I think that's really up to the um, the parent. But for me, yeah, man, I was like super active, like soccer, basketball, gym, uh, okay, cool. parkour at the time. I was getting into parkour wow. at like the age of 12, 13. <laughs> um, uh, social media too was like, this was back when Facebook was just uh, popping off. And I remember I had like a huge addiction on Facebook. <laughs> I actually remember having a conversation with my parents. We're like, son, you need to stop going on Facebook. You're on it way too long. Like when I say it's way too long, I would spend maybe eight to 10 hours a day just, just, just messaging people on Facebook. That was my form of socializing. You know, it was, it's funny that my business revolves around social media now because I kind of naturally was already a part of the world ever since it started, but I never had a problem. I never, I never thought I had a problem. I never uh, assumed I had a problem. I never saw it as a problem. I was living life. And I actually think my life was very 
easy. Now, here's the one thing that I wished my parents did better. Um, and that's just, this is more so like my dad's side because he's like, he, he loves me dearly. And his, his way of showing love is like unique. It's like different. Um, he tries to keep, you know, you know how parents are, they try to keep you safe, but I wish parent, I, I would, the only thing I wish that I am going to do with my kids is I want to kind of teach them certain things that matter in life, like money, like the value of hustling, yeah. like the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't taught that because I grew up in a family where we were like high upper middle class, you know, which I think is like a curse of its own because you're not necessarily wealthy enough to go out there and explore, but you're also not broke. So you're kind of like, life's cushy yeah <laughs> yeah you're cushion you're kind of just floating you know yeah for sure for but sure I, I never i was not that kid that like i think this is the only downside from it was i wasn't the kid that went out and put out a lemonade stand and tried to hustle and sell things like it wasn't me like i was just very creative look but also there's a pro to that like instead of hustling i was very creative i liked building things i like to figure challenges out naturally as a kid so i mean it really I like homeschooling because it comes down to the parent. Like, what do you want for your kid? And um, what kind of values do you want to instill into them? And I think homeschooling allows you to, I uh, guess, spread generations of education that's proper towards what for you sure. believe in. I mean, the public school system screws all that up. You know, it's all an agenda. It's all not there to do anything good for you. A hundred percent, man. I want to talk about your college experience. It's funny because I was actually the VP of campus life in one of the biggest colleges in Toronto. And I was organizing events too for a full year. Nice. I had a blast. And uh, I had like, I don't remember how many thousand, like maybe three, 400 K in, in budgets to organize events. I had LMFAO, Lil John, and a bunch of other people come to the, to the campus. Now, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up though, is because I clearly remember that feeling after I finished that first year, and then I went back to real life. Actually, I graduated. And the other guy that was with me, like he graduated, he was the president and I was the VP, right? It was a big 25,000 people college. And um, what happened is he had to go and start from scratch again. And he had the worst time trying to adjust to the real world when everybody else was looking at him. So like I was wondering for you, how was the transition from going from, you know, like a cool job within uh, you know, like a college to, you know, the quote unquote real life situation. How did you adjust? How was it? Um, I look, man, I kind of tend to just adapt. Uh, I don't think of life as much rather than just a journey. And so I may have looked at it differently than someone else. Was I depressed feeling a sense of absence absolutely like i mean you gotta understand something man like i was 16 17 <laughs> yeah for sure that's true <laughs> and i was freaking like and, and i mean at 16 17 as a guy your ego is through the roof and like you think you run the world and guess what i was running the world not the world but i was running what's around me you know and that was a good and really bad at the same time and so yeah. i mean man like it got to a point where I basically was allowed to do basically anything in campus. Like I could, I could park wherever I want. I, I could, I could like, I was friends yeah. with all the cops there. I was, I was, I, I literally, I would get away with anything. I mean, not get away. I wasn't a bad kid. Like I didn't cause yeah, any trouble at all. That. Like I was, I was leading and I was very proud to lead and it came with its perks. 
But as yeah. a 16, 17 year old, it was really dope. Like I'd pull up to campus, I'd park in staff parking. I had my own office. I was like yeah. basically managing like 250 students. I had like a $20 million budget for the year to like drop on however I thought was right. Obviously I had an advisor and they made sure things were going right. But man, we opened up like 48 committees. We, we did a lot of cool things. I mean, like I remember being able to like uh, hire four or five full-time faculty members to be able to reduce the amount of time people spent on campus for transfer rates. And I was like, because it was a community college. And I was like, this is sick. I like this a lot. So after that whole thing shifted, when it ended in the beginning, it was definitely, um, it was definitely like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do now? Like, yeah, like, right. I, like it, I realized it wasn't a real job. Like, this is just like, a, like, this is not, I mean, it's cool to put on your resume. And it got me the opportunity to be able to get in front of a lot of doors. I mean, I remember every time look, someone's looking at my resume, they're like, oh, shoot, this is dope. But I think, I think people like us, man, just have a natural tendency to kind of absorb whatever negative energy and go out there and still crush it, right? So, sure. you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, 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 after that, I remember getting a job, like, at Louis Vuitton, and then I had another retail job, and I became, like, the manager within, like, a couple of weeks. And so I always was, like, trying to go fast, 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 go, 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 right? And... um and kind of just, I, I don't, I don't know. It's weird that you, like, you asked me this question and my head goes, I really don't know how it happened. I just kind of lived it and was like very in touch with my faith and that God's going to help me and kind of just went through it. You know what I'm saying? Was it hard? Sure. Oh yeah. I went through a lot to be able to transition through everything, but it was fun. It was cool. For sure. Listen, you had a lot of great guests on your show. So looking back, who is the hardest guest to book and why? Who was the hardest guest to book and why? That's very subjective. I think, I mean, look, everything great in life takes time, right? So uh, I think like, I'll give you a, I'll give you a cool story. Patrick, but David, yeah. I got him on the show. Took me about eight months of uh, just consistent DMing back and forth. Um, him saying no, him saying hit me up later, him not responding. I didn't care. I was persistent. I kept texting, 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 I kept texting. I don't give a shit. Like, I want you on the show. Eventually, he sent me his assistant's number. Yeah. Um, he's like, I think I caught him in a weird time because he was like boarding a flight. So I can only imagine what was going on through his head. He was probably like, <laughs> he, he was probably like really busy and he saw my text and he's like, oh, this mofo again is hitting me up. Fine, just text this guy. Let me go. Let me be, you know, like leave me alone. Um, I think, I think people misunderstand the concept of like, oh, I'm being annoying. It's like, no, you're not, dude. You want to get shit done. And that's all it is. And so. Um, I, I, interestingly enough, I finally booked him eight months in and what's crazy is he's in Texas. So I have to fly to Texas. I'm in Cali. So freaking at that time was broke, had nothing going on with like, like not broke, but like basically like I'm just starting this podcast, like bootstrapping it. Like didn't really have much figured out how to get a whole team, a whole crew paid for their flights, paid for everything. And boom, we booked it and went to Texas for the weekend. And, uh, dude, the day of the interview, I was sick. I got a food. Yeah, imagine like sitting there for like eight months trying to book like a dream guest of yours. And the day you get to sit with him, you are sick out of your head. I was sweating balls. I was, 
I was, you know, coughing all over the place. I had a headache. And I just remember sitting, you can tell if you watch the interview, you can tell my face was like yellow. It was pale. Um, I was sitting there. I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? And I'm like, I got to push through this. Um, but I think that was a very intriguing story because the stuff I had to go through to be able to get it and still kind of overcame it and still did the interview. And I mean, did it, did it turn out the way I want it to? Probably not. But, you know, you're never going to have wins all the time but that was probably like maybe my top 10 hardest one for for to, to get on it's just it's just and I don't think anything's hard I think I think it's you just you just got to be strategic and you got to be patient that's it like if he doesn't respond hit up his assistant if his assistant doesn't respond hit up his assistant's wife if 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 if, if that woman doesn't respond if they have a dog account hit up the dog like I don't know do whatever you got to do to like get shit done and that's just purely in in like i think this is like a rule in like business like it's not just like podcasting the way i look at it's just a business like i'm building business i'm building value and things will take time i mean like dude i've had in mind like guests i've wanted to get on the show for quite a minute i mean and i have a tactic to it like you know and the the more i grow the harder it gets right because it's like now you're dealing with like a-lists rock stars like give me an example like someone like magic johnson for example like i really wanted to meet magic for quite a while i met his agent right and i'm like all right listen man i want to meet magic johnson i'd appreciate if you can set up a meeting obviously magic might have sit with magic but like um i still asked i didn't give a shit i was like oh i want to meet magic that's step one for everyone that's listening guys just ask (laughs) literally just for sure right in the beginning he was like he was like ah yeah sure i I mean he's really nice he's like yeah i'll see what i can do months fly by months literally months did i stop hitting him up no but i wasn't annoying him about magic i was just building a relationship i was like yo i hit him up one day hey let's go to lunch okay sounds good we go to lunch we chat everything's cool two three months fly by hey what are you doing man i'm in la i'd love to stop by your house yeah man cruise okay cool I go to his house. At this point, I've already met him a couple of times. We've had lunch. He likes me. He sits me down. He's like, look, man, I'm going to introduce you to magic. He brought it up himself. I was like, wow. Sounds good. Um, He ends up inviting me to a birthday party uh, of his, like, that happened in February. And uh, Magic Johnson, not just Magic Johnson. I'm telling you, like, bro, it was like the whole room is packed with, like, A-list celebs. Yeah, that's, like, another story. Like, I haven't had him on my podcast yet? No. Am I tripping about it? No, because I know one day eventually I will. Because guess what? Now I met Magic. Now I introduced myself. Now he knows my name. Now, and guess what? Where did I introduce myself? At a very private event. Yeah. So he's assuming, he's assuming I'm on the same level. Like, yeah. if you're here, if you're here, you gotta be like, you gotta be worth something. It was one of those things. And, and so like, and then, I, and then I start doing my touch points, right? That's what I'm saying, very strategic. So, like, next time I run into Magic, I'm going to say, what's up? You're like, oh, you're that kid. What's up, man? How are you? Good. Not bad. Chilling. All right. See you later. Hey, six months later, I run into him again. Hey, man, how you been? Not bad. Chilling. How's life? Good. Dude, listen, we should hop on a podcast together or do something. Yeah, you know, I get, like, a gazillion requests, but I'll think about it. Okay, cool. Six months fly by. See him again. Magic, did you think about it? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, cool. That's Mom. literally how like most of my interviews happen. And 
What I do in the, in the middle to kind of keep content going is I bring on like experts in certain fields to kind of have cool discussions. But I, I don't know, you'll notice that kind of every three to six months, I'll drop like a banger. Like I'll drop like an episode with like a humongous name in a, in, a, in a field. And that's because the past six to eight months, I've been warming it up. And, and dude, and the thing is, it's like, once you get one, you'll get two. Once you get two, you get four. Once you get four, you'll get eight. And then you'll get to a point where it becomes easy. You'll get to a point where you can literally pick up your phone, text somebody like Tyga or Kendrick Lamar or somebody, some favorite artist of yours and be like, hey, let's hop on a show. I'll be like, all right, yeah, they'd love to. Actually, they'll start hitting you up. Yeah, and so, I know exactly. It, you know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like, I know this might have been a long answer, but it, 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 it's it's No, really it's good, man. Just, yeah, it, it's really just um, what I call doing things by purpose. Uh, don't just assume that just because you sent a DM out, you now deserve that person's attention. No. Don't just assume that if you're running a podcast, just because you asked is enough. No. You have to be smart. Like, you have to, like, ask yourself. And you have to be realistic. Like, who is this person you're reaching out to? Like, if it's somebody like Magic, you got to understand Magic freaking Johnson is a legend in his space. And so he has a gazillion other people asking the same from you. So asking the same that you're asking. So like, what makes you special? What makes you different? Start asking those questions and answering those questions. And then start asking questions like, how can I strategically put myself in the same room with him without having to bother him too much? And like, look at this, look at magic. Like I went through his agent, right? Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't DM him. Like he can't DM him. He's not going to respond to you. You know, like, or maybe if he does, I don't know, like shoot your shit. Like who knows? But like the idea is I never, ever, 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 ever got in a podcast by accident. Like it's, 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 it's never happened. I'm actually, you know, maybe like once, actually, wait, I, I'll take that back. One, it happened, it's happened once where I actually interviewed Dan Fleischman and yeah. he was late to the interview. And I love it when a guest is late. <laughs> because they feel the need to give you something back in return. You, yeah. you now, they now owe you something. Yeah. I love that. And so he was super late and couldn't stay and only had like 10 minutes. And so he looked at me, he's like, Dan, Dan's a great guy. I love Dan. Shout out to Dan. He was like, he's like, Hey, what can I do for you? His business partner who I've been trying to reach out to for like over a year, who never does any podcast. Like he's done probably like one or two, maybe max. I was like, you know what? Here's what you can do for me. I want your business partner on the show too. So like, okay, I'll be right back. Walks out, goes upstairs, talks to his partner, comes back down, says, you got it. I'm like, awesome. Cool. Boom. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> awesome, man. So, um, that was more accidental. But even that, I don't think of it as like an accident because it's kind of like I put the pieces in play. Like there's a lot of things that happen that allow – the podcast to be where it's at today. And I don't even think like, I'm not even like 10% where I want to be. So like, um, but yeah, that's kind of like the answer to your question. <laughs> awesome, man. Listen, I'm sure you've learned a lot from uh, your guests. So if you were to single out, I know this again, a very hard question, but if you had to single out two of your biggest epiphanies you got from your guests during your interviews, what would they be? Hmm, that's a good question. Never been asked that. Two biggest epiphanies. I've had a fuckload. Uh, two biggest epiphanies. I have to think about this. Give me a second. 
Yeah, or, or something that you've implemented maybe in your business right after, I don't know, maybe there's something that you heard and you were like, man, I got to do this. And then you did it and it worked. You see, that happens to me almost every interview. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say sure. two, the top two, I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to think. Um, let's put it this way. I think the biggest... epiphanies that happened number one was that your thoughts what you think is not mm -hmm. actually a reality and what i explain is what i mean by this is the following when you start something the lack of confidence the lack of uh, ability to want to do it the lack of motivation the nervousness you're scared let's let's talk about podcasting specifically like i was afraid yeah. to dm someone i was I was nervous to sit down with this uh, very successful entrepreneur who I thought was like on this pedestal. Biggest epiphany I thought I realized was like, yo, we're all human. We all make mistakes. And the shit that you think really doesn't freaking matter, you know, and the other person isn't thinking about it. Like, like Patrick, but David probably looked at me for one second and said, man, this guy looks sick as shit. But like 20 minutes later was in his office doing other things, completely forgetting about that. Forget yeah. And then you got, you got that thought in your mind for like three, four days or four months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. And that thought of like, hey, was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the thought of like, Oh my God, I screwed up. Oh my God. I was, that was, that was the worst interview. It was in my head for like a week. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I tried my best. I came, I showed up. I was consistent. I, I was persistent. And that's really all that matters. And so that was kind of like the biggest, I, th I guess the first epiphany of my career in this. Uh, yeah. The second one, the second one is to kind of, is, is realizing that things happen on purpose. Okay. Um, Good. Yeah. And what I say by that is, is that, you know, once I started to become a lot more strategic with my networking, my network blew up like 10x like way faster yeah. and so i think that was like the second thing like and there's a bro there's like there's a million of these i mean i literally have you ever have you ever heard of the book called principles by ray dalio no do you need ahead, to check it out it's 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 yeah. really freaking good uh shout out to ray i actually would love to have him on my show that's one guy i'm trying to work to get on but um I, I, he inspired me to create basically principles is basically a book of principles. Like he just wrote down rules that he thinks is best fit for entrepreneurs based off of his experience. And so I was yeah. like, you know what, this would be cool. Like, let me start writing down my own principles. And so now every time I have an epiphany, I write down a principle. Okay. What's the principle, right? What's, what's the rule here. And that rule becomes a rule that I spread throughout the company, a rule that I spread with my employees and my team. So dude, I have like, probably a good like maybe a couple hundred right now at this point so when you so top two for me it was like let's just right off the bat right now for when you ask this question would be those two but like there's there's a lot yeah for sure for sure 100 percent, man listen i i um run a digital marketing agency and and uh, i'm about to launch a course the podcast really helps me with social proof and authority and of course it's going to help me with getting my favorite really like entrepreneurs and and, and authors to talk to me basically right um, so where does your podcast fit in the long run? What do you, what do you see yourself doing with the podcast, with your business and where is it heading right now? 
Um, so the long run where I see, so I'm trying to become a globally recognized show. Uh, so to me, a podcasting, podcasting is not a marketing method. It's not a advertising way. It's genuinely, I enjoy it. I, I, I really freaking love it. And I've been told I'm really good at it. And so I want to eventually become like the next Joe Rogan, if not better, uh, yes. and, and kind of take that and, 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 and kind of really 10x that for the next generation. Uh, so the podcasting for me is like, I guess if you were to say, what's that number one thing you want to get really good at? You want to be known as the goat of it. And for me, it's, it's, it's podcasting. It's, and I, I think podcasting really undermines the name, but I'm creating like a show. I'm basically just creating it's a, a show. Yeah. Yeah. A modern TV show, quote unquote, that's just, uh, advertised and broadcasted on social media. So for me, it's global, man. I'm, I'm thinking like one day, like. I, I want to be getting like 10, 15, 20 million views of videos. So that's that. Uh, the business is simply a, a, a way to oil the machine. For sure. Um, uh, so I basically go out there, I make money and I invest it back into the show. Like I'll give that's you an example, funny. like in the next six months, I'm trying to build a live audience, something that not a lot of people have uh, yeah. a live audience of like five to 10,000 people who come and you know watch every show live and that's going to require a lot of money and investment so okay shit how do i go and make money so that's purely like my met like literally the only reason why i'm out there to make money is to invest be able to back. invest back because i'm very passionate about the ability to change people's lives and spread a positive message through this platform and For to sure. me, every, every dollar I make, it means a life has been saved. Like I, I have a strong belief that one day a 14 year old kid is going to listen to one of my episodes and go and build the next Facebook because of it. And sure. that is like fascinating. That is mind blowing. Like I get, like when I get messages that people hit me up, even if it's one, like I remember getting my first comment. I was like, hey, thanks so much. I can't believe your channel is underrated. Like, this is awesome. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I loved it. Like, I love the idea that someone's life is now better, better. Yeah. because of the content that I pushed out. And so I fell in love with that concept. And so I just wanted to figure out, okay, how can I go global? How can I really, really, really dominate the social media, change the, change the industry, change the podcasting space? Like, I think the podcasting space is new. It's growing. It's been around for a minute, but it's like, like this past year or two, it's kind of gotten heat, but I think there's a lot of ways to creatively modernize the industry and uh, innovate in it within it. And I want to be that guy. So that's kind of why I do what I do. Awesome, man. Listen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm sure my listeners will want to check out your podcast, of course, your website and everything else. So where can people find you, man? At Adam Tutunji on all social media, T-O-T-O-U-N as Nancy J-I. So just in case you don't know how to spell it, but basically you can like just hit me up all over the place. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere you want to go. So awesome, dude. Awesome. Yep, Adam, yep. thank you so much again. I can't wait to have you back on a show in the in the near future and enjoy the rest of the day, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. And this is it for today's CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. 
Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.